When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into the NFL Mox Podcast. I am your humble host, Brooks Austin. And as always, we're joined by Sarah Bettinger all the way out there in Omaha. Sarah, how you doing on this beautiful Monday evening, my man? Oh, man. I don't know if it's as awesome in Atlanta as it is here in Omaha, but it's been like the the perfect day. Like, as far as what I, I like, you know, like high 60s, low 70s, a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of breeze. The bugs are still mostly dead. Things are well, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We haven't had very good weather out here in Georgia um, probably the last, like, five or six days. But, you know, it's kind of starting to break, or at least it's trying to. But, you know, to be honest with you, I I have enough 90-degree days in my summer. So if a couple of rain showers come (laughs) through for a couple of days and it keeps it 84, 85 degrees, man, I'm not complaining, uh, especially Mm -hmm. as someone who uh, works outside a little bit more than others. But, man, we've got a great show for you guys playing tonight, as we always do here on the NFL Mox Podcast. Uh, We're going to be taking a look at Carson Wentz's new deal and what that means for the rest of the guys across the league, rest of the young quarterbacks across the league. And uh, we're going to be breaking down our top 10 players under the age of 26 uh, that we'd want to build a team around. If we were going to start a franchise tomorrow, uh, what's that look like? And which guys are we taking? Uh, We'll kind of round robin that. We'll go pick after pick. Sarah and I will. Um, but yeah, man, well, before we get into that, we got to get, take care of the business. Always got to be nice and professional up front. That way we don't have to do it on the back end. Uh, however, wherever you found this podcast, guys, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, that's how we climb up those charts. We appreciate, appreciate doing that. Um, you can catch me out on Twitter, Brooks underscore Austin FS. And of course, always run over to NFLmox.com for all your latest and greatest NFL news and headlines. Sarah, where can the people find you, my man? You know, you can always find me on Twitter at Sarah Bettinger, um, and that's pretty much where I. That's pretty much where I am at all times. I mean, I always have access to Twitter, man. You know, I'm, I, on my phone, on my on my computer, I'm always on somewhere looking to talk sports, and so. Um, or you can find us at NFL Mox. I mean, on Twitter, we love to get the engagement on that account up as well, and so we'll we'll try to be doing that quite a bit more this upcoming season. But uh, yeah, you can find me at those two places mainly. 
Awesome. That's good stuff there. Um, but, you know, we, we already hinted on it. Let's get into this Carson Wentz deal, man. My man got paid uh, officially $128 million over four years with $107.9 million guaranteed and a 66 million dollar signing bonus um extremely front-loaded sayer when you look at it um but if you add it to his current contract uh the one he's currently under for the next two seasons because they picked up his fifth year option obviously uh he'll be making about 32 million dollars a year um that'll be good for fourth most uh in the nfl at his position behind obviously russell wilson Big Ben, who uh, that new contract man's got him highly paid. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But the great thing about this, Sarah, and I'm sure you know about this and you'll hit on it, but not a lot of our listeners probably know about this. Uh, The cap hit, man, starting in 2021 there in Philadelphia is just $27 million. So if the cap, uh, you know, the salary cap continues to raise at about $11 million a year as it is now, man, that's only going to be about 12.5 just under 12.5% of the cap come 2021. And if he stays healthy, which is obviously the major key here with uh, Carson Wentz, man, they got a hell of a deal in Philadelphia. That's my two cents on it. What are your thoughts, Sarah? Yeah, that's, that's a great point to bring up about the percentage of the cap that's, that it's affecting because people – pay way too much attention to the average money per year because we know especially at the quarterback position that that deal is going to get topped and the deal that tops this one's going to get topped and so it's all about the percentage it's all about the look at the cap rising and i think the eagles did well here howie roseman gets plenty of credit for being i was going to say i was going to lie and say he doesn't get enough credit but man he gets well deserved credit for being such a great executive finding creative ways to improve the team and if you look at this I think what we're going to see with the new collective bargaining agreement in the NFL after 2021 is a situation not – I don't think the NFL teams will ever eliminate the salary cap. I I just don't think you can do that realistically. But I do think that there's going to be a substantial increase. I mean we've seen seen it go up by about 10 10 plus million a year every year for the past few years here. Um, And it's obviously way different than it was, you know, two decades ago. So – I think with this new collective bargaining agreement, I think we are, are going to see the players pushing for a lot more guaranteed contracts, which means that the owners are going to have to have a lot more financial flexibility in terms of a salary cap. And so I'm predicting, I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just throwing that out there. I don't know for sure that that's going to happen. I don't even know if it's been really discussed, but at the same time, I think it only makes sense. You know, if these if these players are going to, get to be getting paid this much money and, and the price of quarterbacks is going up like this, you really just can't uh, you, you really can't realistically build a championship contending team when you have to devote so much of your cap to the quarterback position. So I think we'll see uh, I think we'll see kind of a correlation between what the Eagles have done here with Wentz and the way that the that the collective bargaining agreement is kind of fashioned starting in 2021. Uh, where teams just have that extra flexibility. So I, I definitely don't mind them front-loading the deal because I think that they're going to have even more flexibility than people think. So my question becomes, Sarah, when they re, you know, refinance the collective bargaining agreement and all that, and the cap continues to rise, do you think they're ever the NFL is ever going to have to put like a hard cap on the percentage of the total salary cap for each team that a quarterback can take? Um, I ask this because it seems to me, and you know, my limited history of following contracts to the depth we do now, obviously working for the NFLmocks.com, um, 
my limited knowledge tells me that over these past years, you know, it seems to me just outside looking in, the only salaries I see really increasing are the quarterbacks, are the guys playing that vital position there. It seems like, yeah, Rodgers got his major increase, but I don't see, you know, the Julio Joneses of the world's the wide receiver market hasn't really moved that much in the last 10 years. Yeah, the highest paid guy's gone from $14 million to now around $18, $19 million there with Antonio Brown. But it's nothing like we've seen in the quarterback realm, especially. A couple years back, you know, five, six years back, Russell Wilson signed that first contract extension for, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, it was around $20 million annual value. And then, of course, he got the second extension. That was just five years ago. And now we're talking about, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers making $44 million. So I guess, you know, back to the question, do you think the NFL ever has to come in here and kind of handcuff these teams from just throwing the money at the quarterback position? Because me personally, I don't think it's being fairly distributed when, you know, like we talked about, the cap increasing $11 million. I don't see salaries increasing at that prorated rate. I see the quarterback's uh, salaries Mm -hmm. increasing the most. Um, What are your thoughts on that, my man? Yeah, I think it's a good point. And I think that the way the NFL is right now, there's kind of an artificial cap on it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can only, you have to build your best 53 team, your best 53 player roster as you possibly can. And you can't do that if you're paying quarterback such a substantial amount of money that it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. And so the, the, thing that's working for NFL teams right now is either you have a guy like Tom Brady who really doesn't care about being the highest paid quarterback or you get a great young quarterback on a rookie contract and just put together this beast of a team around him and uh, so I think I mean look at the Seattle Seahawks prime example well you just mentioned it five years ago Russell signs that that contract and and the market value of that contract is just decreasing every year the Seahawks are looking smarter and smarter and smarter but then this looming situation situation here where you have to pay Russell again starts coming up and what happens the legion of boom is dismantled the entire Seahawks roster is reshaped everything has changed because now the Seahawks are no longer building a roster around Russell Wilson and his small contract they're now having to compensate for the amount of money that he's making and build a roster through the draft and through lower priced free agents or trades or what have you so the circle of life in the NFL is pretty interesting in that regard. But I think to your point, there's there's kind of that artificial cap there. And, and, and if you pay much attention to baseball, very, very interesting scenario there. So and I don't know how this I don't know how football can learn from this or if they're even paying attention at all. But you look at I, I would say three of the best, the three of the best players in baseball at their craft, all in different areas. Bryce Harper, one of the best hitters in, in baseball and just generally one of one of the superstars of the league um dallas keichel a guy who helped win a world series a starting pitcher who you know is an inning grinder and then um craig kimbrell who's a relief pitcher and i don't mean to make this a baseball podcast but baseball free agency is it has really affected the players and they don't even have a salary cap and what teams are doing is they're basically saying look like we're going to get penalized with this luxury tax if we if we continue to load our team the way that we are. And so for, for all these years, you know, baseball players have been making essentially quarterback money um, if they're average baseball players. Yeah. And the the baseball teams just simply can't afford it anymore. They can't, they can't do it without facing a luxury tax penalty or whatever they call it. 
And so their so their best free agents aren't getting signed until midway through the season, or in Harper's case, literally a couple weeks before the season. And that's just that would be unprecedented in the NFL. Think if think if today, if uh, I'm I'm trying to think of who the best free agents in the NFL this year were, but think if you know the one of the best players in the league. Let's say let's say Saquon Barkley is a free agent. Think if Saquon Barkley didn't sign until the end of training camp or the end the two weeks left in the preseason. That's what, that's what we just saw in baseball with Bryce Harper, not getting signed. And it's all has to do with the fact that these teams are now getting penalized for all these massive contracts that have been signed. And so I think that there's definitely, I think there's definitely something to what you're saying. I mean, could there be a cap? I don't know. I mean, you're, you're what somebody's willing to pay you, right? That's what they always say. You're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And so some other team, a la Kirk Cousins and the Redskins, is going to be willing to pay way more, even though situationally would it have been better for him to stay you know, in Washington and continue to build on what he had built on with the coaching staff. There's just no continuity. I don't know. It's a, it, it's a whole can of worms, isn't it? I mean, but it's an interesting conversation point with this new CBA, and it's going to be the biggest point of contention, I think, because players are going to be pushing for guaranteed money. Yeah. Players are going to be pushing for uh, for flexibility in that and long-term financial stability, and that's just not something that owners can realistically offer right now with the way things are st- structured with the salary and everything like that. I know for a fact if I were an Aaron Rodgers or if I were a Russell Wilson, my first demand or an agent of either of those two or any of these quarterbacks really, my number one demand, I'd walk in and say, look, you're going to pay me 14% of the cap if the cap rises, my salary rises. I can't believe that type of contract clause hasn't been written in, um, especially for a guy like Russell Wilson, who the market's like we talked about, it's outdated his contract um, to the point to now, um, you know, until he got his extension. Um, you know, I, I would do something like that. I would tether my salary um, to a percentage of the cap, not necessarily uh, an annual yearly val- value. But I don't know how that works with the Players Association, the CBA. And what they figured out that way. Um, let me ask you this, um, you know, real quick here. What do you think the Wentz deal means for other young quarterbacks across the league? Guys like Jared Goff and Dak Prescott, um, or hell, even Mitch Trubisky, who are, you know, in their third or fourth year on their contract, uh, on that five-year rookie contract for quarterbacks. Um, what do you think this means for those guys in terms of getting paid? Well, I think that there is some bit of perspective that has to be put into place here. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, as much as Bears fans love the guy, he's not—he's nowhere near Carson Wentz's caliber, mm-hmm. um, and that's just the reality, in my opinion. And and Dak Prescott, you know, he's he's done a lot more than some of these other guys. I mean, even even in Wentz's case, you know, he, he was injured for that playoff run, so Dak's got that in his back pocket, but. You have to really – it really boils down to, you know, you're, you're worth what someone's willing to pay you. And if you want to be in a certain situation as the player – so if the player like Prescott, if he wants to be with the Dallas Cowboys, you know, money's going to talk. And, and he's going to have to make sure that he wants to be in that situation and he's willing to take a contract that's not the next record-setting deal because he's not worth more than Carson Wentz as a player – He's just not that caliber of a prospect or, yeah. or, or a, of a of a proven proven entity at this point, but at the same time, you know he's 
he's a great young quarterback. And we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo that you can get paid a lot of money based on your potential. And so I think that there's somewhere to meet in the middle between those two sides and maybe maybe guaranteed money is a part of that. I don't know. But I think that there's I think that those guys are definitely in line to make a lot of cash. Yeah, I think I mean both of them obviously are going to get around. I think that the you know Goff and Wentz especially will always be tethered um, to each other, similar uh, fashion as Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. You know when you go one and two in a draft like that, um, you're always going to be tied to each other, um, like Goff and Wentz are going to be. And I see these guys getting similar money um, in the near future. As far as Dak goes, man, I would be really really hesitant on giving that man thirty million dollars, especially knowing I'm going to eventually have to turn around and give Ezekiel Elliott money unless I'm trying to let him walk. Um, which if you watched any Dallas Cowboys football over the last couple of seasons, man, Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, Sarah, is the heart and soul of that offense especially. Um, They are a defensive-led football team. If they're going to win 12 or 13 games this year, it's going to be on the back of a top-five defense. And, uh, you know, Dak's going to have to kind of play the, you know, the role of game manager. It sounds like a knock on the guy, Mm. but if he can go out and turn in 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year and throw for, you know, 3,800, 4,000 yards, I think the Dallas Cowboys return to 2016 fashion. Now, Dak played really well his rookie year that year, but everyone knows if you've listened to any type of sports talk radio in the last two seasons that that was a historic offensive line, one of the best personally I've ever seen, the best I've ever seen uh, in terms of the NFL ranks and definitely up there in in the top five of all time uh, just in terms of how well they played that season uh, with continuity and, uh, you know, with health, uh, health plays a big role in the offensive line. Um, and, and, you know, that depth's a, a major thing in the NFL. When you're playing a 16-game mm-hmm. season, that's something you got to have. So, um, you know, I, I'm right there yeah. with you. I think this what, what Wentz gets paid, these guys are going to get similarly, uh, similarly get paid. And that's another reason why I think Philadelphia was really, really smart to do this and do this now. Look, they beat Pat Mahomes to the market, obviously. They beat the Deshaun Watson to the market. They beat Jared Goff off to the market they beat Dak Prescott to the market they set the market for what they wanted to pay their young quarterback and they wanted to pay him around 32 million dollars a year uh and dropping down to about 27 after his uh you know fourth and fifth year of his rookie deal get done so I think it's a win-win uh obviously for Wentz he gets that security especially for a guy who's had multiple knee surgeries and now a back problem uh in the NFL so I think it's a win-win in both scenarios um if I had to find a loser out of this situation, um, I think it's the Dallas Cowboys because I know Jerry Jones is going to throw the checkbook at Dak Prescott, and I really do think if mm-hmm. they flirt with anything close to 10 or 11% worth of the cap value there in Dallas, man, with all that talent on that defense and some of those contracts surely do uh, to be renewed soon, man, if you go over that 10 to 11% threshold for Dak Prescott, I think you really handcuff yourself in Dallas. So, um that's my opinion. Do you have mm-hmm. anything more on that, Sarah, before we move into our top 10 under 26? I think you said it all. I think you said it all, and I agree with you, man. All right, boss. So what we're going to do here is, uh, you know, we're obviously going to give our top 10 uh, under the age of 26 years old. This is 26 as of today, correct, Sarah? Not 26 yeah, as yeah. of walking into the season. Um 
couple rules here. We're going to trade off picks. Um, I don't think there's any reason in deciding who gets the number one pick because we both know who the number one uh, player under 20, 26 years old obviously is. We only have one rule, though. Um, there's a max of five quarterbacks. So as soon as we hit five quarterbacks on this list, there is not another quarterback to be taken. We've got to take five position players at least in this list. Does that make sense, Sarah? Makes sense to me. Yeah, I hope it does. We explained it in pre-show to you. I was just, you know, <laughs> I like to do that for the listeners, man. Don't like to throw too much at them, um, you know, because I know when I'm a, when I listen to podcasts, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I feel like I only, you know, filter in about seventy percent of it. The other thirty percent is just off into the abyss somewhere. Um, but nonetheless, that's why I like to repeat myself a lot. Other than the fact that I just like hearing myself talk. Um, well, let's get into this, exactly. man. Like I, I, I said, I don't think I don't think there's any reason in debating of who's going to get the number one pick. So I'll just give you the second pick, and I'll announce the first one. It's obviously Pat Mahomes. We don't really need to say much about the guy. Obviously, 50 touchdowns last year to 12 picks. Um, you know, over 5,000 yards. He's one of seven people to ever have done that. Even if Drew Brees has done it five times, it's still really, really impressive. The no-look passes, the bombs, the pregame warm-ups, man, everything was just really, really impressive for the kid in his first season starting, obviously his second season in the league. Uh, no debates here for number one, right, Sarah? Yeah, I think you're – I think you're right on with that one, and he's even under. I mean, he's under 24 at this point, so the sky is the really the limit for him. I mean, as the game slows down for him, he's just gonna he's gonna be ridiculous, and it's kind of his world, and every everybody else is just living in it. So, how do you match that? How do you match up with that? And who do you compete against him with? That's what other NFL teams are gonna be thinking at this point now. Yeah, they gotta figure it out and figure it out fast. Um, cause I don't, I don't see him slowing down, man. I mean, there's some hot take artists out there that are going to say he's going to have, you know, it's not really his sophomore season, but it's his sophomore season starting in the NFL. Um, you know, people are going to say he might have a sophomore slump this year, but I think again, that's just the, the people out here trying to give you the hot takes, not really being serious about that. So Sarah, like I said, I'll give you the second pick in here. Um, if you had to start a franchise today, uh, you got to take a player under 26, not name Pat Mahomes. Who are you taking? You know, I'm taking Baker Mayfield, and that's a pretty easy pick for me, I think, because oh, me too. Baker right on Mayfield right to there. me, yeah, he just he embodies everything that you want in a franchise quarterback. He's got the swag, he can make all the throws. He the game the game is so slow for him at this point. Not in not in terms. I don't mean that in a bad way. I guess I, there's got to be another way for me to say that, but he processes things so well, and he's such a natural football player mm -hmm. that the game comes easy to him and the the flow the ebbs and the flow of the game the nuance to the game comes easy to him he's he is a craftsman of football he he understands what works what doesn't work um he knows his limitations but he also believes them to be very few and and he's right mm -hmm. um and so he's he's going to be an MVP candidate up there with Mahomes for a long, long time. Uh, the Browns did a great job of picking him up. He's a culture changer. He is, he is everything you want in a quarterback, and then some, I think. He's kind of got that edge to him that a lot of players just don't have. He's he's a different breed of edgy. You know, there's guys like there's guys like Rodgers who, who are kind of just like jerky, and there's guys like Tom Brady who – you know, they, they get so fired up on the field, but they're really just gentle giants off the field. And then there's guys 
like Baker Mayfield, who the dude just exu- he he loves to trash talk. He reminds me of guys that I would have played pick up basketball with, you know, in high school. Just like just a trash talker. Are oh, you a big hoops guy, sir? Form. You know, you know, I like to hit the. I like to hit the hardwood every now and again. <laughs> so I'm taking Baker Mayfield number two, man. No, I love it. I mean, uh, the city of Cleveland's been more through more than enough football pain uh, in its past. And to me, man, it's refreshing to see them finally have their guy, um, especially at the quarterback position. Look, man, Baker Mayfield broke Peyton Manning's rookie touchdown record last season uh, and had two fewer starts to do it um, and half the interceptions. For those who don't remember, um, Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his rookie year uh, to Baker Mayfield's 14. So, you know, like you said, a, a true locker room guy, even though he is having this dust up right now with Duke Johnson, um, I, I think the guys, you know, in the huddle, you know, he's got that if factor. Like Sarah likes to talk about, the guys definitely, uh, you know, <laughs> circle around him and uh, get fired up to watch him make plays. So I, I'm totally solid with that pick right there at number two. And, and number three, man, I'm going to take a guy who – it might sound like a bit of a stretch here, um, but I'm a homer, and I'll tell you exactly why. It's Josh Allen, man. There's not a single young quarterback I believe in more than Josh Allen Sayre, and it all dates back to Wyoming versus Gardner-Webb in 2017. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what the hell is this guy on here talking about a Gardner-Webb football game? I've never even heard of Gardner-Webb. And dating back all the way to 2017 nonetheless. But here's the deal. We played Gardner-Webb in college the week after Wyoming got done playing. And me being the football nerd that I am, I watched every snap of Josh Allen versus Gardner-Webb's defense, which to, to you know their credit, not the greatest defense in the world. But nonetheless, I was more impressed and just – awestruck in some of the balls that I saw Josh Allen let loose. Um, And let me tell you something, man. Regular old TV doesn't really do it justice. Um, You kind of got to see the all-22 film to see what this guy's doing uh, in terms of just ripping the the football uh, and getting it across the field. From that film session on, from that, you know, September or whatever, Sunday it was, I was breaking down film for our next opponent. Um, I knew I'd be over the top in terms of my support for Josh Allen. So just settle in. It ain't going to stop. It's probably only going to get worse because he he only at the NFL level seems to be making more and more of these throws, man. But I I swear to God, Sarah, I've never seen anything like uh, what I saw on that tape. Um, And I've been, like I said, I've been all struck since uh, no homo, but he is my guy. Um, And and I didn't necessarily see the legs that we had last year, but I think a lot of that, you know, I listened to an interview he had with Chris Sims. I don't even think he knew that he was going to develop that into his football game. I think it was kind of more of, oh, crap, I got to run for my life kind of thing. And it just turned out and happened to be, uh, you know, he is that kind of athlete uh, in terms of running the football. So all good things coming up. Uh, what do you think of my decision to take Josh Allen here? Number three on this highly contested big board. Man, that's an interesting pick. I, I would have been interested to have that conversation with you last year after I evaluated really every game of his college career. I don't remember the, the Gardner-Webb game off the top of my head, but um, I definitely – I, I knew last year's quarterback class was going to be special, and so I and I and, I, and I, of course, if the Broncos are interested in QBs, then I'm diving in because you yeah. you never know which one they're going to take. But um, I remember seeing Allen at the Senior Bowl. I was I actually got to go be there last year for the Senior Bowl and see him and Baker Mayfield and all those guys, and just felt like a lot of my questions about him were sort of confirmed in a way. And then he kind of 
he kind of bucked a lot of those trends throughout his rookie season, right? I mean, he, like you said, he developed that running game. Um, I think he definitely rose to the occasion as far as the pressure that's on a first-round quarterback and to play on a roster where there's really not that much help around yeah. you. And they fixed that this offseason, no doubt. Um, but Josh Allen's used to playing with guys who really couldn't help him out all that much. I mean, I, I remember I got a nasty comment from a Wyoming Cowboys fan on an article that I wrote about Josh Allen saying, look, like he's playing at Wyoming. Like these guys aren't really going to help that completion percentage because that was the big concern for everyone, mm-hmm. right? It's his completion percentage was low and obviously some inaccuracy issue there. But at the same time, those guys weren't helping him out. I mean, they're no. dropping they're dropping balls left and right. They're not I mean, they're they're not NFL caliber players out there. Um, catching the passes from him and and I said that and somebody left me a nasty comment but that's just you know that's why you don't listen to the haters everybody sometimes if you're if you're gonna leave a nasty comment just remember that you're not always right and sometimes we're right so but at the same time I mean definitely credit where it's due he he surpassed my expectations as a rookie and I like to pick it's a little bit of a sleeper there I wasn't gonna I wasn't going to take it, so I'm glad you did. And we get to highlight a, a really impressive young man. So uh, I think I'm going to stick with the with the QB position here, man. I'm going to stick with the QB position one more time, and uh, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson, yeah. the quarterback of the Houston Texans, formerly of Clemson. I, I mean, you saw him play in college, and you knew that this guy was just special, right? I mean, Devo he's got, Swinney called him Michael Jordan. I, I I remember that, and I was shocked by that, and I still don't know exactly what he meant by that. Um, but but I I mean I get the sentiment, you know, he's greatness, greatness in a in a uniform, you know, and so, but he's definitely he's one of those guys who came in and just completely changed the culture of the team right away. I mean, the Houston Texans weren't the the Cleveland Browns or anything like that, but I mean, they're a team that has struggled to find an identity at the QB position pretty much their inception back in 2002 and and Watson's facing ironically a very similar situation to what David Carr faced back in those early days of the Houston Texans where he could he just had no protection whatsoever and so I think if you can man if you can protect this guy you've got some years with him and Deshaun or and uh DeAndre Hopkins out at the wide receiver position where they can just be one of the most special. I mean, I think of, you know, the Peyton Manning and, and Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison. I think of, you know, the Brady and Moss days. I mean, yeah. the the potential is there for that to be a really, really special connection if they can keep Watson upright and healthy. He's just such a smart player, and, and I love what he's doing so far. And, you know, if you give this guy a clean pocket, he's going to pick you to pieces all day. I feel you there. Um, the next guy I'm going to go with, I'm going to take the last quarterback off the board, take our fifth and final one. And, man, he's a lot similar, you know, in just in, in, in career track as of now as Deshaun Watson. Look, the guy I'm about to mention, both have had knee injuries, right? Um, and it's Carson Wentz. And, you know, Carson Wentz is – and I had him fifth on my list, Deshaun Watson fourth, similar to you, I'm sure. Um, and the reasons why, I think Carson Wentz probably has a little bit more upside. But my issue, Sarah, is that I think Carson Wentz's, you know, physical um, health issues have been kind of self-inflicted to a point. You know, he's not playing behind a terrible offensive line like Deshaun 
Deshaun Watson is in Houston. In fact, he's playing behind one of the best offensive lines in all of football there in Philadelphia, and he still can't manage um, to get rid of the ball on time and not, you know, and save some of those big hits, man. He is a guy who wants to hold on to it and make the the killer play, um, you know. And he had a historically hot start in the first six or seven games his rookie year that kind of tailed off there. And then his second year, he damn near wins an MVP, and he's he looks to be a lock for the MVP 11 or 12 weeks in, and then boom, blows out a knee. And uh, last year we have the mm-hmm. back problems. Um, so I think there's still great seasons ahead for Carson Wentz, um, and that's why he's here on my fifth uh, number five on my board. Uh, I'm not a huge Sam Darnold guy. I'm not a you know a huge Jared Goff guy. Obviously, either those are the only two young names. Lamar Jackson doesn't quite render himself uh, necessary in this conversation yet. Uh, Mitch Trubisky neither. So I think we've got a good round of five quarterbacks here under the age of uh, 26. It sounds like the only quarrel we have. Uh, between us two hosts is the Josh Allen pick. But correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, you would probably – would you take Josh Allen over the Sam Darnolds of the world and the Jared Goffs, or are you a – I got a feeling you're a Sam Darnold guy. You know, I really did like – he was my number one last year. Yeah. Sam Darnold was. Um, so I really liked – really like what he brings to the table. Um, I, I definitely don't think he's at the point where I'm saying like, oh, yeah, he's one of my top five – QBs under 25 at this point. I mean, projecting maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if I thought if I if I ranked him ahead of Baker last year, and I loved Baker, um, so I mean, I, I I think highly of the guy, and I, I think he's capable of being a star. But definitely, definitely not Goff. For some reason, there's just something about Goff that it doesn't click for me quite yet. And it's so I I'm with you on that one for sure. Yeah, it's got to be the face. Um. <laughs> something about it, man, just hasn't clicked yet for me. And so, you know, I don't know. We'll see. All right, number six on the board, Sarah. Sixth overall player under the age of 26 years old. Who is it? And it can't be a quarterback. Five are off the board. Yeah, so this is our first non-quarterback coming mm-hmm. off the board. I feel like there's some serious pressure there. I think that if I were if I were to pick any one of those quarterbacks and any other player in the NFL right now, boy, that's a tough that's a tough task to to put on someone, isn't it? But I'm taking Saquon Barkley because mm. I think if you put him with your with your favorite pick at this quarterback position, and, and incidentally, the Cleveland Browns, you know, they almost had the opportunity to do this last year, and I just I wonder if they would have if if he had fallen. But um, Saquon Barkley with Baker Mayfield would have been. Tasty. In my opinion, the best case scenario, yeah, tasty is the way to put it. I mean, this guy can literally do everything, and like, like I said with Mayfield, I mean, the game is just slower for him because he's so he's so good at it. He doesn't he does everything well. He's so he's just so he's so reliable in every area. He can run the ball. He can catch passes. He can do anything that you ask him to do. He he was even a kick returner, I think, at at one point for Penn State, and really good at it. Oh, no, um, he, he took the first ball back to the house against player. Ohio State in college. First yeah, opening yeah, kick that's right. that's back what, to the crib. Yep. So this guy is a playmaker in every sense of the word, and he's been doing it with a high volume of, of touches for a long time, and he's he's proven durable. Physically, there's no comparison in the NFL, as, as even as great as Christian McCaffrey's uh, you know, recent picture with the, the Panthers was. Physically, there's nobody that can match Saquon Barkley just pound for pound, his speed, 
I mean, everything about this guy just screams superstar in this in this league. And so he's my number one guy that I'm taking non-QB in the NFL under 26. Yeah, this is where we differ a little bit, Sarah. I got no running backs on this list. Uh, you know, obviously I thought about Saquon Barkley, but the Todd Gurley's of the world scare me to death. Um, you know, two years ago we were looking at Todd Gurley being, you know, should have. I think he should have been an MVP of the year. Brady won it just a couple of seasons ago. Um, mm. But that really terrifies me, especially someone that's going to get as much of a usage rate as Saquon Barkley is over the next couple of seasons there in New York. Um, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, maybe I think Ezekiel Elliott was the only one that touched the ball more last season uh, than Saquon Barkley. So that kind of fears or, you know, puts a strikes some fear into me um, in terms of just being a hypothetical general, general manager in this situation. But I do like the pick. If there was going to be one tailback that I put my money in over the next five seasons or so, it would definitely be Saquon Barkley. But uh, that's your pick. That puts us at six. So number seven, who is number six on my big board, um, probably going to be another bit of a shocker to you. I'm going defense, man, and I'm going Jamal Jamal Adams. I absolutely love this guy. Um, everything mm. about his game from top to bottom, the physicality, the wit he plays with are out of this world, in my opinion. Uh, if you want to take an even younger version of this guy, it would be that Derwin James guy out, out for the Chargers. Um, but I don't think James necessarily quite brings the wood like my boy Jamal Adams. Uh, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe Jamal Adams brings the wood, uh, just ask the Patriots mascot uh, from the Pro Bowl last season. Um, but nonetheless, I love <laughs> Jamal Adams' game, man. Uh, I think he is the revolutionary uh, safety in modern football. Uh, he's not one of these, you know, the, the hot – cachet term nowadays is this in the box safety now granted Jamal Adams can play in the box better or as good as any linebacker in the league I believe um, he also covers man he can play deep coverage uh, when need be uh, and again man I think he's a cerebral football player uh, and an intimidating one at that uh, our next great safety in all of football is going to be Jamal Adams if it isn't already made a couple pro bowls already uh, so I, I like Jamal Adams there with the New York Jets uh, and he's finally got some help in front of him uh, so I think he's going to be a big year for Jamal Adams is that a bit of a shocker to you Sarah I know there's one uh, high, high, highly profiled receiver that hasn't come off the board yet yeah, no, that's a. I think that's a great pick. He's definitely one of two safeties who probably could be considered for this list. I think because the safety positions lost a little bit of its luster over the over the past few years, right? I mean, there's not really an Ed Reed in the NFL anymore, but I think Jamal Adams is kind of bringing in the best of both worlds, you know, with his hard hitting ability. As you know, like you said, you can ask the Patriots mascot, um, or you know, just playing the whole field. So. Yeah, I think that's a great pick, and uh, I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball because i got to get my guy in in the top ten. I know you're a Josh Allen guy. i got to get my Bradley Chubb in this list mm. somewhere. Twelve sacks last year as a rookie, just a, a force off the edge in so many different ways. You know, Man, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to have to find you a sounder, or maybe we just need to blow off a Rasta horn. Every time you go full-on homer, <laughs> In one of these lists, we just need to. We just need to let it off. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, do it. Wham, 
Wait, wait, alert, Homer alert. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm I'm looking at uh I I looked at a couple lists from people today just to see what other people think, and I saw somebody put Kenny Clark on their list, so I'm like, you know what, I can put Bradley Chubb on this list if Kenny Clark's making the list. <laughs> but Bradley Chubb, I think, is truly. If you look at if you're looking at one of the best edge defenders, best young edge defender in the game today under 26 there's a lot of guys who could be considered there but i think chubb i mean you, you 12 sacks in your rookie season with with von miller on the other side i mean both those guys got to eat and chubb's only going to get better i mean he came into the nfl ready to be a stud he was a top five pick for a reason and i think he's going to do even better this year in vic fangio's defense playing that same position there um i believe uh, I believe Khalil Mack comes off that side of the field, but I'm not 100%. He probably moves all around. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a beast, and we know it. He's, he's one of the best at converting his quickness and speed to power. Got that great inside move. Just moves people at will. So I, I love Bradley Chubb, regardless of where he's going. I thought, I thought no doubter he was going to be playing opposite Miles Garrett, who's another guy who could be considered for this list, and, and that would have been fun to watch as well, but... Uh, him with Von Miller is a treat, and he's he's just a stud all of his own. So I'm I'm a big fan, and I think he's going to be a great player for a long time. All right, so that puts us up to eight, correct, sir? I think we're at eight. Um, That's eight. Yeah. So I think that leaves me with a choice here because I don't I don't you said uh, worthy for this list in Miles Garrett. Uh, there's two names I got I, I got to pick between here, and they're both Cleveland Browns. Um, so I'll go with OBJ first. Uh, yes, he's still under 26 years old, uh, and it's rather incredible. It seems like we've seen him uh, for quite a long time now. We all know how explosive he is, obviously. And to be honest, I'm such an OBJ guy, I really can't believe, Sarah, I didn't hot take you uh, and pick him over one of these young quarterbacks. Uh, I believe in him that much. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. obviously the only reason I didn't do that is because of the antics I think it, it is important I like my superstar ride receivers cut from the Jerry Rice and Julio Jones uh, type of cloth not a lot of talking but a whole lot of walking um, I, I love that from Julio Jones I love that he doesn't you know do all the antics stuff yeah he set out for a little bit more money but was that not the quietest contract dispute you've ever heard of in your life it was like nah mm-hmm. I'm just not mm-hmm. showing up and you're gonna give me my money and they're like okay we'll give you your money and that was enough said not, not you know no more talk after that and he comes out last year and has another you know 1200 yard season as he always does um so OBJ could learn a little bit more from that style of receiver maybe just kind of you know bring your lunch pail to work every once in a while and not necessarily your megaphone uh, and things might turn out just a little bit better. Um, but they're not looking so bad as of now. I think it was something like, uh, you know, he's got all kinds of records in terms of just like first 30 starts or whatever. You can't take his full years, uh, you know, most receiving yards in uh, first four-year span, obviously because he missed too many games for injury. But if you just take the games he's played, no one's had, you know, more of an impact on the game of football just in terms of the games he's actually been healthy and on the field. So OBJ, got to make this list for me, uh, even if it is here at number nine. Uh, And that leaves you with the final one, number 10, Sarah. Who's it going to be? You know, I went homer last time, so I got to go completely against the green this time and take somebody who plays for a a rival. So we need to think of another sound off for that. But I'm taking 
one of the best safeties. I mentioned it earlier that there may be two guys at the safety position that you could put on this list. And I think that Derwin James is such a transcendental type of player. He, he just does everything well. And we saw, I don't know, honestly, if we'll see a better season from him in his NFL career we saw last year. And I don't mean that as like, a, you know, he's not going to have as much an impact hard. on the game. I mean, strictly. <laughs> it is. It's going to be hard to, to statistically match what he did. Let me list these off for you here. 105 total tackles, 75 solo tackles, which is an obscene percentage of those tackles to be solo tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, six hits on the QB, four tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, 13 pass breakups, three interceptions, and he started all 16 games. And for a player as physical as this guy, that is a tall order. And he is now the leader of this L.A. Chargers defense. I believe that Bosa has been replaced in that regard. In my opinion, I think that Derwin James is the heart and soul. He's the heartbeat. He's the guy that all year last year they're asking, uh, they're asking like, how did how did you guys get this player in the middle of the first, mm-hmm. first round? He was 17th the, pick. I mean, he was the seventeenth overall pick. I mean, and and Anthony Lynn's out there just like I honestly have no idea. I watch him every day at practice, <laughs> and I can't believe that we got him every day. I, I can't believe that we got this guy. He should have been a top top 10 pick undoubtedly and the nfl screwed that one up and i don't know how they did it i mean you mentioned jamal adams he was the top 10 pick yeah. and so how does derwin james get overlooked in that regard i mean it's just it's insane to me but the rich get richer i suppose right the chargers already had a bunch of stars on defense and here he is just adding to the mix so i don't know if there's i don't know if there's a better young defensive player on the back end of a defense that you would want to build around other than the guy that you mentioned, Jamal Adams. If there's two guys at the defensive back, it, ironically not at the cornerback position because that's more of the glamour position, yeah. right? So two safeties, I think the two best back end defensive players in the league under the age of 26 right now. All right, man. I like our list. Some guys that didn't quite make our list. Uh, Miles Garrett over there in Cleveland. You mentioned Joey Bosa. He's still under the age of 26, obviously. And you mentioned cornerback, man. Jalen Ramsey, the best young corner in all of football, um, obviously still under 26 years of age. So I think the game of football is in good hands in terms of star power, um, uh, you know, moving forward, Sarah. Um, so that's all good news. Um, I don't really know what we're going to have for the folks playing Thursday night, but I'm sure we'll have a great show for you guys. Sarah, quick question, or, you know, you go ahead and babble. Um, let me see what the score of this NBA game is, and I'll let the folks know. They'll already know by the time they hear this in the morning anyways, but go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So just a little bit of uh, big news that's just come in right now, actually, is that Kyle Rudolph and the Minnesota Vikings agreed to a contract extension. So that's a, that's a huge, huge deal for the Vikings. Kings because they were looking at potentially trading him and and I think that the New England Patriots are a team that made a lot of sense mm-hmm. but uh man uh that's a great deal for the Vikings to be able to get that done however they made that happen because they just have no cap space yeah so whatever they had to do whatever hoops they had to jump through to make that happen I think that was so important for the offense that they're about to do and arguably I mean, the most dangerous 12 personnel in the league in a zone blocking scheme, Brooks. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got Diggs and Thielen on the outside. You got Irv Smith Jr. and Kyle Rudolph locked up at the tight end, and you got Dalvin Cook running that outside uh, zone. I mean, that's going to be tough. 
yeah, I think you'll see a lot of uh, single tight there with Kyle Rudolph with his hand on the line, uh, playing end of line tight end. Irv Smith's going to be doing a lot of splitting out. Um, as he did at Alabama, man, he played a lot of uh, his snaps, uh, you know, in the slot. And even, you know, a lot of – even with Jerry Judy and Isaiah – or, you know, Isaiah or Henry Bugs, uh, one of the Bugs brothers uh, over there um, at Alabama, he, he still got reps as an outside primary receiver. So it could definitely happen there. But I don't necessarily see him going double tight, uh, you know, going a seven-man front right there or anything crazy. But Irv Smith, definitely going to be a weapon. And I like the Kyle Rudolph re-signing there. You know, he is Minnesota. He, he's been a lifelong Viking, and I think it's uh, fitting that he ends up staying there with that contract extension. The Warriors force a game six. They win 106-105 to 105 in Toronto uh, up north tonight. So we'll see a game six. But nonetheless, this is the NFL Mox podcast. We appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, Sarah, send the folks out, man. Man, we're talking baseball, basketball, football. It doesn't matter. We're the NFL Mox podcast, but dang it, we are relevant with all sports. <laughs> um, but we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, like Brooke said earlier, wherever you at, uh, it really helps out to to rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is that you do to get the alerts on your phone to just dive in with us. I mean, we just love talking sports. And if you ever have any questions or if you ever ever have anything you want to discuss on the show. Feel free to hit us up. Like we mentioned, our Twitter account's always open. The NFL Mox Twitter account is always open. So hit us up. We'd love to love to know what you guys are thinking. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good month here. June. We got nothing going on, but you know what? This is what separates uh, separates the good from the great. So here we go. Yeah, we got 7-Eleven DMs, baby. They are always open 24-7. Uh, hop in there with all your questions uh, you'd like answered here on the air. And, of course, we'll throw you a shout-out like we always do. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.